in this episode. That's where I find labels sometimes helpful. But at the same time, I don't want to be labeled. It, it, <laughs> you're kind, it's kind of your in-between. I guess that's at the heart of a lot of cross-dressing or transgender. You're kind of in-between, in just in-between. Now that's Viv, a cross-dresser slash gender-fluid individual from Chicago discussing labels and her issues with them. Her and I talk a little baseball, a little Halloween, and even get into some discussion about post-nut clarity. All of that and a whole lot more in another installment of Curious Conversations with me, Giselle Marisol. This is part one of two of my talk with Viv, and it happens to be episode 98 of the Cross Yas podcast. So, shall we get started already? Yas! Yes, yas, 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 yas. Cross Yas podcast with Giselle Marisol. Yas! Yas! Yas, 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 yas. Yas, yas, yas. Welcome to the Cross Yas podcast. The podcast that still says yas to everything related to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. I'm your cross-dressing, transgender host, Giselle Marisol, who will be your guide to this fantastic world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. Want to know more? Check out www.crossyaspodcast.com for behind-the-scenes, extras, Q&As, and ways you can support the podcast. You can also find our Discord on our website called The Cross Yas Confidential where you can chat with me, Sierra, or any other Cross Yas listener directly. Pretty much uh, 24-7. Someone's always there. And lastly, if you enjoyed Viv's story, and you have your own story you want to tell that's cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender-related, but wondering to yourself, hmm, I wonder if anyone wants to hear my story, or hear what I have to say. Well, hello, you know me, and you know the podcast. The answer to your burning question is allowed. Frickin'. Yeah! Email me, Giselle, at crossyaspodcast.com, DM me on Instagram, at crossyaspodcast, or check out our Discord and hit me up, rochi underscore mochi, pound 7325. Looking forward to it. Happy March, everyone. Hope your month is going pretty well. Lots to talk about, but I'm going to skip an introduction here and just go straight into my talk with Viv, because, well, I'll be back next week with another episode, maybe two or three, where I'll answer last month's question of the month, give you another crossyas tip, and even give you a cross yas confessional as well, because I haven't done one in a while. It's been a while. Also, episode 100 is next week, and I don't know, my may or may not have a surprise for you guys. I probably don't, though. Anyways, this episode has a curious conversation guest, Viv, and she hails from the great city of Chicago. She plays baseball, is a cross-dresser, and has a unique story that I'm splitting into two parts, with the second part coming next Saturday. But enjoy this first part of my curious conversation with Viv. And again, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, everyone. Well, um, Viv, welcome to the Cross the Yas podcast. How are you today? I'm doing okay. Uh, I think everyone probably says this when they're on, but a bit nervous. But I'm super excited. It's strange to hear you talk to me. Um, cause I hear you talk all the time, but not to me. So it's great to hear you talk back. Oh, well, you know, I've got nowhere to go, else to go. So it's, it's just me and you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what brings you to the podcast, Viv? Well, so like I said, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, uh, cross-dressing has been a thing that I've been into for a long time. And at some point I was like, I wonder if they have a podcast about this. And I listened to other podcasts like Dan Savage, who's, great and not so great at times, but uh, definitely brought me into that sort of open, wider world. 
Uh, but then about, I don't know, was like a year or two ago, I found you probably through Reddit and started listening then. Um, I don't listen to every episode, sorry, but uh, I, I have listened to quite a few. Um, so, That's fine. I forgive you. You haven't heard yeah. all our episodes. It's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. Fine. yeah. Uh, and then I found out you had a Patreon. So I I logged on to there, uh, sent you a message, and then we started talking, and it was it was pretty great. Yeah, I, I think I just met you yesterday, and I was like, hey, hey you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> you're like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, you should be on the podcast. And you're like, uh, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you need to be on the podcast. Like, <laughs> you have a lot of, you must have a lot of practice. Um, convincing people to be on because it was quite effective yeah it's like hey do you like being yourself <laughs> you're like nah. like no do you really want to be yourself you're like nah. how about you help other people all right <laughs> so, yeah because i'm i'm not old i'm we're about the same age as we were talking uh so i'm 32 and i'm about that age where i'm starting to see like wanting to give back to people so like now i can see people who are younger but still adults and just wanting to help. I don't know how much help I can give, but anything to make it seem more normal is, I think, really big. Yes. No, no, that is, holy shit, you, you've like, you hit it right on the head. Like, 32 is that age where you're like, well, I'm not quite too old where I don't think I can do anything. Not not saying, right. sorry, to all the old people out there who don't right. think they can do anything. But, <laughs> but you're not young enough that you're like, well, I want to explore these kinds of options or this seems like a cool path to take kind of, but like you're not 18 in that sense. Right. Yeah. And I'd like to think that some of those people still think I'm cool. So they'll listen to what I have to say. Uh, I, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the chat. I, I run a men's baseball team. It's a, re a recreational team. So now I'm starting to get to that point where I'm not quite a mentor yet. I'm still kind of one of the young guys, but not really. So yeah, somebody on the team called me their baseball dad, which was kind of an insult, but also kind of like I see what they were talking about because it was two guys talking about girls, young young guys about girls. And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. I remember when that used to be me. And right. they had no interest in what I had to say, which <laughs> was, it was an interesting realization. That's like, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're a big baseball junkie. You're kind of like Ken Griffey Sr., right? In that sense <laughs> that you're like, oh, I can hit home runs. Oh, my, my son's here. All right, maybe I'll hit one with them you know that that kind of sense where you're like right you're that guy <laughs> yes uh but that's that's what's drawn me to your podcast um is just that everybody seems normal everyone is sort of they're vulnerable and talking about their problems and they're all some of them are the same as mine some of them are a bit different but mostly people want a lot of the same things mm -hmm. and what is it that you're looking for here viv um I don't know. I ask myself that all the time. Like, I know it's a thing. Uh, we're talking about cross-dressing. So as far as self-identifying, I haven't quite figured that out yet. Um, I like the words cross-dressing. That's mostly what I use or dressing up. I haven't found myself on the path for like a transition. It may be kind of like a hobby fetish plus a little bit. That's kind of where I think I find myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just I, I'm, again, just old enough to feel like, okay, this is a pattern now. This isn't going away. Uh, so might as well enjoy it. Great point. Great point. And I like that you put it that way. Like, I think everyone on our podcast is relatively normal <laughs> in right. the sense that they're not like quite out there. We're not trying to like, 
I don't know, be, we're not like these, like, I wouldn't say weirdos cause we're all weirdos in that way, but we're not like, right. we're not space cadets in that sense. We're not just like completely out there that you're like, well, this is not something I kind of want to listen to. You're like, you, we actually have like real life stories. People actually are living their day to day lives. And yeah. you know, you incorporate a little bit of cross-dressing, a little bit of gender bending or transgender idea ideologies and it's all incorporated and you kind of relate to that i think that's what you're kind yeah. of alluding to exactly and normal's normal's a, a hard word because some people might be offended at being called normal and some people like all they want is to be normal i think i don't know it's just you just want to be i guess just accepted or ignored in some in some things just sort of leave mm -hmm. me alone <laughs> but just something that's like it doesn't need to be a big deal like it is a big deal but not a big deal at the same time that's why i hear you on your podcast sometimes trying to be really careful and i i will try the same for me because you never want to hurt someone's feelings or feel invalidated so um it's, it's tricky i agree it's a it's a fine line with gender and even cross-dressing how you don't know where you fit, and I'm sure you've you've already kind of talked about it. You, you're like mm -hmm. figuring it out, like where you are, and I think it's a constant struggle. I mean, for you and I, and probably everyone else who's listening, of like, okay, there's some parts of this that I that I relate to, and then other parts, and I'm like, that's totally not me. And then you're like, fuck, where the hell do I go? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and in one sense, I don't care about labels, but they are convenient in that you can, well, one thing, a label is easier to Google than an idea. Uh, so that's definitely helpful. And to find other people that feel the same way, that's where I find labels sometimes helpful. But at the same time, I don't want to be labeled. It, <laughs> you're kind, it's kind of your in-between. I guess that's at the heart of a lot of cross-dressing or transgender. You're kind of in-between, in just in-between. Yeah, and it's... It's hard. And it's still, I mean, we're both 32. And I feel like, I mean, it sounds like you've struggled early on, or is it something you realized in the last like 10, 15, 10, 10, 5, 10 years for your cross-dressing identity or whatnot? Um, I don't know. And it's strange to even, it's kind of exciting because you never get to talk to anyone about it, at least in my experience, because I, I don't know, I guess I'm still somewhat closeted. Um, so I've Clearly. never really, <laughs> yeah, I never really <laughs> had a chance to talk like, talk about it with someone um really uh i've been doing it probably as long as i can remember uh, i mentioned like as long as i've been old enough to babysit myself just sort of finding women's clothes in the house in my case it was my mother's clothes which looking back on it is a little bit gross but just putting those on because i was by myself and it was just i was just drawn to it yeah, and what 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 did you try on? I have to know. I mean, we all we all want to know what was it that you put on. <laughs> that's why I say it's. That's why I say it's gross because it was like underwear, and it's like, oh shit! Like looking back on, it, I was like, I was putting on my mom's underwear. That's fucking gross. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't have sisters. Uh, but at the same time, I guess that would be gross. But I was I was 10, uh, 10, 12 years old. So what what can you do? Right, right. And so did that evolve into like? I don't know, high school, college, where you, are you one of those that like, oh yeah, I had a girlfriend and then I didn't tell her and I wore her clothes or, you know, you sneak it around. What, what, what happened then? I was trying to think about it before jumping on the phone with you. And I did have a girlfriend where I think I put her panties on before. I, it wasn't quite 
a secret. Like, I don't think I did it behind her back. Uh, I don't quite remember that. But it was sort of light in high school because I lived with my parents, of course. And then I went to college. I had a college roommate. So I was kind of dormant in this part of my life. Or, you know, in cross-dressing, it was just kind of dormant for a while. And then I went abroad for a year and didn't really touch it when I was over there. But that was the first time I was kind of by myself and exploring some other things, but not quite uh, cross-dressing. And then uh, my junior year of college is when I started, like, I, I bought panties from Craigslist from someone. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Craigslist of all places. Nice. <laughs> yeah, because that was probably right at the beginning when women were starting to sell their their panties for, uh, well, sell them to, I don't want to say creeps because you're into creeps what like you're yourself. Into. Yeah, it's creeps like creeps me. Like yourself. Yes, yes, because it, that was that was exciting. Yes, creeps like us. But I am, you know, the, it, I, I don't know what she must have thought selling to me doesn't I don't care that much. And it was sort of exhilarating. Uh, but that's when I got my first panties and then just sort of slowly added. I guess I've had the last two. So I'm in a long term relationship now with a woman and I've had two other girlfriends that I dated long enough to share with. And those are sort of uh, first one's not as interesting. I just kind of told her and we kind of talked about it and didn't really know what to do with it. I think sometimes I wear like her pants or her underwear and she was supportive. I don't know. So long ago now, it's hard to remember what that was like. Right. Yeah. I, I like, I, I like prying into people's past because I think the way you talk about it is people who listen to this podcast who are either cross-dressers or transgender individuals or both, as I argue, mm-hmm. kind of see like a pattern. I don't know if it's like, oh, yeah, I did that when I was in college. Oh, yeah, I bought panties mm-hmm. from Craigslist as well. Or I don't know, that kind of we we're creeps as well. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I regret saying that. But yeah. But anyway, yeah, that, that's I, I bought it on, online from someone on, on Craigslist because I didn't have the nerve to uh, walk into a target or whatever and buy buy panties and what was i afraid of i guess just people seeing them in my cart going to the cashier and being afraid of what i'm not exactly sure either because it's not like some it's not like like you've said on your podcast a lot like people care mostly about themselves and whether or not the credit credit card runs more than like giving you a wedgie at the checkout counter yeah i i I still i mean i had those same fears and that apprehension was there early on with my ideas of cross-dressing, but there was a thrill to it too of like every time I passed by like Victoria's secret or, or some, you know, female store and I'd be like, that is really sexy. Huh? wonder what that would look like on me. And I was like probably 18 or 20 and I don't know. And then finally buying, like, I'm sure you eventually went into a store and bought stuff. Or are you still buying stuff off Craigslist? Viv? <laughs> no, I have no, I've gone in. I think, well, now with COVID it's mostly online haven't bought anything in a in a while in person well that's not true last year i went into a thrift store because i have every other friday off from my work so every once in a while i would go to the thrift store and try stuff on so yeah i have bought stuff in person at this point well that's good i mean if you're still shopping off craigslist i mean you might want to <laughs> update your your lifestyle choices i guess yes. <laughs> yeah not, not a lot happens on craigslist anymore yeah so now you're Let's say, so that was what, like 10, 15 years ago now? Because college was a while back, right? Yeah, right. So that's when I first did it. Um, And then what? What's happened next there, Viv? Well, I had 
I guess my next formative girlfriend was right at the end of college. And she was like, to, to me, it was just like a, stepping into a different world. She was like a very sex positive person. She had dated quite a few people. Um, she was, for like lack of a better term, just like really cool. Um, and she was bisexual. And, um, you know, I, I kind of opened up to her about it. And she was, I don't know, the way I remember it, it was like early she was into it and then kind of not into it. And then it was kind of just my thing and sort of something I did by myself. And then every once in a while, she would buy me something for a gift for Christmas or uh, Valentine's Day or something like panties or something like that. Um, and she knew I did it, but it wasn't really something we enjoyed together. Interesting. You are like, we're like mirror images of one another because I was that <laughs> okay. same person. Yeah, we're my second girlfriend after my nine and a half year relationship with the girlfriend from hell that I've mentioned many times mm -hmm. on this podcast before, um, Jennifer, who's the worst person ever. Um, <laughs> I met French, who was amazing, super sex positive, like embraced Giselle, helped me go out. We went to clubs together and then kind of just like we didn't go out as much. And I'm sure that happened with you is what it sounds like. Yeah, because she was like really into makeup. So uh, there had been a couple times where she didn't. This was before I I would got my eyebrows waxed, but she would do my eyebrows. She would do my makeup on my face and everything. And I don't know why it died out. Like it could be a different relationship issue. In this case, might even probably be a different relationship issue. But yeah, it just kind of like stopped. We never quite went out. I think, well, one time we went out and that was we went to... um Chicago's version of C2E2, or I mean, Comic-Con, which is called C2E2. And uh, we went as uh, characters from Bob's Burgers. So I went as uh, Tina. So that was my first, like... Tina. Love <laughs> Tina. that. I, Tina. Tina, butts, no. Butts. <laughs> butts. Oh, my God, butts. Uh, sorry, I can do... I love... We relate already. I love I love Bob's Burgers. Sorry. Continue, girl. Sorry. <laughs> who's, who's actor, whose voice actor is a man. And it was the first time that I had gone out in a skirt but it was also kind of jokey and low risk uh, but i don't know if you've been to like a comic-con or something it was also kind of eye-opening because everybody's there not everybody but a lot of people there go in costume so everybody's really accepting and excited everyone's just excited to be by each other and it's like a super positive experience and so i had people taking pictures and asking to take pictures with me and everything like that and it was um kind of validating in that way yes i mean it's fucking tina you know like how do you not <laughs> right. have, how do you not fucking embrace tina and then be like oh my god tina you know like i'd want to <laughs> take pictures with you and i fucking love comic-con before it got like all the hoopla was crazy i used to go back in like 2005 to 2007 when oh it was, wow it was on the cusp like it was coming up and i remember stan lee was there you could like easily just say hi to him <laughs> like take a photo with them and then <laughs> that's awesome and then after a couple years like when marvel blew up it was like you don't want to go anymore because the lines were you know they had to they changed the buying ticket process it's a whole thing but in terms of the cross-dressing or in terms of the gender expression of yourself like comic-con is halloween in july at least it was in san diego i don't i don't know when comic-con is in chicago is that like Oh, uh, actually, I don't know when it is either. I think it's like March or April, maybe. Nice. So yeah. it's like an extra holiday for you, right? To kind of express yourself as. Right. You know, um, 
Um, yeah, and I don't even think I've done anything cross-dressorly like for uh, Halloween. It's something that I think about every time Halloween comes up. It's like, okay, maybe this is the year. And then I just, just I just don't. I don't know if it's chickening out or, or what. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, pro tip, I, maybe this is obvious to everyone as it was to me, but uh, the day after Halloween is great for cross-dressors going to the Halloween stores when they have everything on sale. Yeah, yeah. And buying like all the the costume stuff, right? Yes, yeah, I, I I love that. Yes. So, have you dressed up for Halloween? This is a side question. Have you ever? You've never dressed up as Viv for Halloween? No, no, <sighs> I don't. No, it's uh, I'm kind of missing out, right? Yes. I mean, it's it's weird with COVID Halloweens. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> Last year, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you can dress up, but it's like you're at home again. So I don't know. It's not. It's fun you're parties. not going anywhere. Yeah, it's like. Right. Yeah. As far as like uh, Viv and your cross dressing, when did you truly embrace it then? Or have you felt like you have or is it taken? Are you still still on that path? Ooh, I don't I don't know. That's that's a very, very good question. I think. Um, yeah, I'd, ha- I'd have to think about that. I, I guess. When that girlfriend that I mentioned, you know, sort of accepted it that felt more like it was more normal. I don't, I don't know. There was a realization. I can't pinpoint what day it was. Uh, I don't know if you had a similar um, transformation, but there was a day like when I was sort of ashamed of looking at like transsexual or transgendered pornography and a day when I wasn't like when you you'd watch it and then you kind of delete all your history and try to forget about it but then at a certain point i remember just accepting myself for being into that do you know what made you feel the need to delete it like you felt the shame what made you ever feel shame for it i don't i don't know i guess it's probably the shame of it's at a it's at a base unconscious level and i'm trying to get to it and, and it must be just this the shame or or fear of it turning out that you're gay um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's bad <laughs> <laughs> right it, i think that's a good question because like i would never i would never say it's bad and i i try to be supportive of friends and colleagues of people that i know uh, or a friend to the to the gay community but i have to imagine in that that younger psyche of mine that must be what I'm afraid of, or just being into something that everyone else is not, or something that someone else is, or a sizable portion of the population, the male population would be gross, would think is gross. Right, right. And for me, I think when you, you, you talk about, have I had that moment? I think it was when I was with Jennifer, and like, we were in a hotel, and then like, she told me she was all ready to, you know, I was all dressed up as Giselle and ready to go outside. And then like, as soon as we, before we stepped out the door, she looked at me and then she's like, I can't do this. And then I was like, it's fine. It's okay. And then like, I realized she didn't like it, but I knew I was like, well, I really like this. Do I really That's... like this and just not really like you? <laughs> and I never felt shame. I know she tried to shame me for it. And I mean, I stuck with her for another year and a half. I probably would have stayed with her longer if I, I didn't meet French, who was more sex mm-hmm. positive and more understanding and more freeing. So I think Sometimes it just takes some catalytic event to make you just be like, okay, I like this and I'm going to keep doing this. And I know we're going to talk about porn because I fucking love trans porn. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to talk about that. But 
I've never felt shame in watching trans porn, like trans people porn. I know like we're not supposed to sexualize, you know, trans people and trans people are like the most, you know, sexualized and most, I don't know, uh, uh, what is the word like? Objectified, I think. Objectified, exactly. Or like sex trafficked or. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, and you get into that cycle, like, that bad cycle. Yeah, so that's bad, but, like, I still really like watching it because mm-hmm. I find both male and female parts on a human being very attractive. And some days I remember thinking maybe I want to be fully transitioned as a female or, you know, that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But speaking of which, let's talk about transporn girl because I can talk about this all day. Can I make can I make one comment about sure. about your story that I find fascinating? Uh-huh. And it, it's nice when you find those points in life where you're like, I remember how I felt. And what I heard in your story was you liked the way that you looked, and someone was telling you that they in in their way, I don't like the way you look. And you still decided, I like the way that I look. And I don't know if that was a first for you in that moment, but that that's a great bit of like pointing to of like a self-confidence uh, as being Giselle. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone has that point in their life. It's just whatever the oppos- opposing like momentum, if it's from an, a girlfriend, if, if it's from like a church, if it's from like a parent, if it's from like, a friend, family member, colleague, like you have to kind of overcome that momentum from that opposite side. That's just like a force. If you go back to physics, you know, uh, right. a movable object is, you know, <laughs> unless acted upon another force, like you have to overcome that in order to be yourself, I guess. And sometimes it's even you who's the opposing force that's so like, no, I need to deny this. And that's where it comes to shame, the purging, the you know, all the bad stuff that comes with it. And I don't think I've come to that, that point yet. Uh, Like I'm not, I I like it. And in some ways I'm not ashamed, but I don't know that if I were faced in that situation, that simple situation that you were, that I was dressed and putting myself out there and I'm with my current girlfriend and she sort of, and she looked at me disapprovingly. I don't know that I would say, okay, well I must, I now need to be a different person, but I might start to question like, Oh, do I, do I like this? Is it just becomes it becomes harder? I, I wish I had that the confidence of, of Giselle in that story just being to be like, oh no, I see you don't like it. That's okay. Maybe we'll get there. But I like this, and I'm having a good time. Yeah, and and people ask me like, where do you get that confidence from, Giselle? And I'm just like, I think it's from either it's probably a combination of knowing people who are confident in their own selves and learning more people that just like don't give a fuck <laughs> like on, yeah. like i told you i could create a new name for this podcast it'd be like people don't care <laughs> like yeah no one cares right like it's all really up to you of how much you really want this if it's transitioning if it's cross-dressing if it's anything that you really like no one believe is true as long as it's not hurting anybody and i still think cross-dressing and being trans is not hurting anyone Truly not. Right. Like you have to gain that confidence because if you don't, then someone else will gain that confidence for you and then impose their will or impose their ideas on you that you may mm. not necessarily believe, I think. Yeah. But do, do you, so you haven't had that, you haven't had that yet, huh? I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, um, and, 
so I mentioned my current girlfriend. I've, I've been dating her about um, three years now. And she's the type of person who loves me very much. We love each other. And she's caring and wants to be supportive. And she doesn't know how to be supportive because it's not something, cross-dressing itself is not something that she's into. Not something, but it's also not something that she resents me for or doesn't like about me. It's just not something she's going to ask for, which makes it something that I need to ask for. And maybe, maybe thinking about it as being something that I have to ask for is a poor framing. But that's kind of how I feel sometimes. It's like, okay, I have to ask for this. And it's, it's, hard, it's hard to do that. It's hard to be confident enough to, to push. But why is that? Why is that hard for you, Viv? Um, I don't know. It's something that I've, I've talked about. So I, I, do, I do have a therapist um, who I've gotten really lucky with in that by the time I came out to him with this, which was a couple years into our relationship, that we, we were aligned on our outlook on cross-dressing and sexuality in general. But why is it... It's hard for me... In order for this to become, or I don't know about become, but part of it is I need to lead on this issue. I can't look for her to lead on the issue because it's not something she's passionate about. Uh, might she ever be passionate about it? Maybe if she, uh, if if that grows within us. But she's not going to pull it out of me. And even if she could, that might be a little bit disingenuous. Something that I need to lead with, like this is who I am. This is what I like. This is how I like it. And for whatever reason, it's still something that I'm not super confident about yet. Hmm. And what do you think will help you gain that kind of confidence though? I'm sure you've talked to this about with your therapist, but what do you think personally could help you gain that kind of confidence in being viv? I think, I, th I think your podcast definitely helps. And as we've talked about that, everybody here. I can't say every guest, but it, it does seem, I, I don't know, just real voices of real people talking about it matter-of-factly sort of demystifies it for me more and more. And if I could bring that demystification into my relationship somehow, uh, that might help. I, I, I don't know, because I, I don't want to blame, like, it's not my girlfriend's fault that I'm shy or unwilling or unconfident. Um, it's ultimately me. Yeah, I, I think, man, I think I really think you are the a mirror image of myself. <laughs> in that, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I mean it's great because I right. think you're, the only thing missing is the confidence part. Right. <laughs> I think that's the one thing that I think might be missing from everyone. Really, is or maybe it's not. It needs something that we all should work on is just being confident in who we are, even if that's mm -hmm. not just a crossdresser or a trans person, but just being a available to the other person in that sense of like comfort in that sense of like this is me i am happy being this and if you could understand that then that would help i don't know if mm -hmm. that makes sense but it it does take time it's not it's not an overnight thing it is it is very hard i mean i didn't get to this overnight it did take five or six years but i think right part of you needs to be a little selfish. I know it's really fucked yeah. up because if you're like myself, it's just, it's just like, no, 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 no. You, you go like you were saying, no, no, right. no, you're right. If you're not into this, if you were in that situation where I was right. with Jennifer, you're like, no, 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 I, I don't, I don't want, you're right. Let's work on this later. But part of you should also be like, 
no, I think we need to work on this or I don't see this working, which would probably be the advice I would have given myself back then. But thank goodness I didn't because she was the worst. But um, <laughs> I think it, it really is something if you really want a relationship to work, because one question I would ask you and probably I would ask, I wish, I mean, I wish to ask myself and I w- probably should ask all the crossdressers who have not necessarily unsupportive wives, but wives who aren't necessarily like for it in, or girlfriends for that matter is how important is this part of you in, in like relation to the relationship, in relation to the relationship with your significant other or girlfriend, because if you're not allowed to be this person or if you're not, if your other person isn't supportive, even if that means not being as encouraging, like, will you see this work out in, in that? And if that makes sense. That that's a great question. And, and I think that's something that you, you or I'm trying to figure out every day as I, I think about it is, uh, it, for me, the um, cross-dressing has been my whole life, like a private, a private thing. And I've done it by myself. It's somewhat in secret. Yes, my, girl, my previous, my exes had known about it. But even then, at, at a certain point, it was kind of, it was me time. And I enjoyed it by myself. And I did get some, that was one way to live out that part of my life. Um, so sometimes you think that, okay, well, I'm, I'm hearing from you that, uh, this isn't your cup of tea. So I'll just continue doing this in secret. And then the question is, can you live with that? (laughs) Right? Like, uh, my personality is if I, this is not the metaphor I've ever used before, but if, if I died, right. And she's going through all my stuff. I don't want her to see a different person than she's known when I was alive. Right. So metaphor, like Mm -hmm. I I want, I I don't want to hold that secret. Like I I don't want to have to sneak around. It's one thing to have to enjoy it in on my own. It's another thing to pretend like it doesn't exist. Great point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of thinking out loud because I don't really have like a universal theory on it just yet. And I, I, you can tell me, or I mean, you can tell that I'm sort of struggling thinking through it. No, but. for sure. I don't expect you to have an answer. Like, right, I, right. For most people, I, I ask these questions to them or to guests on the podcast because I think you should ask yourself these questions going home or going away from this podcast to be like, mm-hmm. what do I really want? Because that's truly what we do on a daily basis is like, what do I want today? Or how do I want to live my life? And for me and for the podcast and for everyone who ever listens to it here, me, Sierra, and everyone else believes you should live your authentic life the best way you see fit. Whatever that means to you, if that means you cross-dress, if that means you're transgender, if that means you just be the person you are, but it's like, are you on the right path? I think we talked about this yesterday in the chat is, where are we headed? What do we want from this? And, you know, what do you want from life, I guess? Very, it, I know it's like way more like than you expected. <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to get to that in the in the next forty five minutes. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't recall that you've talked about this. And like I said, I uh, admittedly have not listened to every episode. But I, the the concept of post nut clarity. Ooh, yas! I haven't talked about that, but yas, tell me tell me more about that girl or for the cross yas listener. Okay, uh, so for those of you that don't that don't know, 
I, I don't know if post nut clarity is just a Reddit term or if it's in, I'm sure it's not in the DSM, but it's the, it's a feeling that you get when you're done with a, a sexual act, whether that's sex itself or masturbating that uh, you're completely uninterested in sex. Sometimes that means that like, you're just completely uninterested in whatever kink that you're performing at that time. And it goes all the way to like feeling shameful or self-hate afterwards. Yes, that I've I've had that many times. Yes, <laughs> and I don't know what the evolutionary reason is for post nut clarity, uh, but it, it's it's really a bitch because for me sometimes you uh, you dress up and you're having fun in watching some porn or performing some act on yourself, and then you orgasm, and then you're like, whoa, that, you just feel kind of silly, like that was all unnecessary, that you could have just saved yourself. 15 minutes if you just just jerked off normally which you know i I also like that too and then that that's an unfortunate yo-yoing you do something or or i have done with cross-dressing then you sort of hastily put away all of your your clothes and accessories and then try to resume life as quote-unquote normal mirror fucking image i swear (laughs) to god i'm talking to myself (laughs) in chicago right now because that's where you are it's Fucking true. So, oh man, post nut clarity. Um, I think so. Um, and this is kind of similar for people. I think I had a guest on. Her name was Maria. She's from New York, and she brought up a great point. If you look at cross dressers or people who are cisgender or people who don't identify as cross dressers, and they go to like makeover studios, right? Mm-hmm. And they they become the opposite sex. So it's usually men who become women, right? And they dress up in these dresses. And they go out and they do whatever they need to. And they like meet up their friends and they're like, oh my God, you're, you're a girl, but you're right. Yeah. And then they're done and they do it. And they're just like, yeah, that was fun. But if you get a cross dresser to do that same sort of thing and sort of just like do it and they're like, yeah, I keep, I want to keep doing this. Right. Uh-huh. For the post nut clarity, you can relate it to like myself and I'm sure you, when you go and you watch your trans porn or transgender porn or sissy porn or cross dressing porn, and then you're done and you're like, you know, you're dressed up and you're like, okay, I'm done with this. This was fun. I'll do it again tomorrow. Versus like mm-hmm. someone who's transgender or someone who really wants to just physically transition or be that person, you know, say they masturbate and they like it. And they're just like, no, I kind of want to stay this way in that sense. Right. So, so yeah, from my point of view, like I'm, I have a certain privilege that I, I do enjoy my cis, cisgendered self. Uh, so I can keep that but it also makes it kind of tough because I don't feel the need to transition that also maybe I don't need to cross-dress, which is the thought that runs through my mind, which is silly because like, if that were the case, I would have stopped thinking about cross-dressing years ago, and I just never have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mirror fucking image. I fucking <laughs> hate you. I hate that we're the exact same person. <laughs> because, uh, yeah... I- Yes, that is exactly true. You again, if I could get rid of this cross dressing, I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. I just like watching transgender porn. That's fine. Whatever. I like watching cross dressers. I get hard and then I jerk off and I'm good. But I right. keep watching it, right? Or it's like, no, I'm actually turned on by this. This is kind of cool. This is kind of fun. But I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think I think I do. It's 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 tough. I, I read it's, so we talked about uh, a couple books that I read, one of which is Alice in Genderland. And the other one being my cousin Betty, 
or not mm-hmm. my cousin Betty, my husband Betty. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Shout out to yeah, to, uh, Joe uh, Pesci, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and in that book, uh, my husband Betty, it's written from the point of view of a wife who's going through this uh, transformation with uh, her husband. And I believe it's been a little while since I read the book that he turns out to be a uh, a cross dresser. But through the book, they go to these different organizations, one of which is Tri-S. Um, a lot of stuff like like your podcast, except it's your podcast is a one-way medium, whereas obviously a group session would be a multi-way, multi-way. Like everyone's kind of, not everyone's talking at the same time, but there's cross, well, they don't really uh, advise for crosstalk, but you see what I'm saying. It's, it's mm-hmm. an in-person group conversation. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that the wife talks about which i always thought was interesting that stuck with me is that some that cross stressors in her in her view one thing is that they're afraid to give up their privilege because to be a man and in some cases white men uh you you are given a lot of privileges we've like as a society sort of come to terms with in the last uh, decade or so of just having a leg up on a lot of different people whether that be people of color or or women or women of color or um, uh, LGB, LBGTQ people. And that's very hard to give up. And when you think about cross-dressing, you get confused on whether or not it's voluntary, if it's a part of you. And if you were to accept it, it's part, depending on how, how much you perform, cross-dressing you're giving up a certain certain amount of of privilege for instance the privilege the base privilege of not to get not to get beat up in an alley or raped in an alley that women deal with all the time in social situations is not a problem for most men but if you let's say you cross-dress and go to the same club you're much more likely to get beat up in an alley and to give up that amount of privilege is is scary yeah, I I agree with the with that part. I still think you're equally be like equally able to be beat up dressed as a man or a woman if you walk down a dark alley. Like just don't walk down the dark alleys. Come on, guys. <laughs> there are other there are other ways to go. Use use your Google Maps. Like there's walkways you can use. Well, that's but, that's um, not that, that's no fun. <laughs> I agree. I love going through the back alleys because there's always stuff down there. You never know. <laughs> um, but I I do agree with the privilege aspect. I think. We are, as cross-dressing cisgendered men, um, have that privilege um, to go down, you know, back alleys if you want to go that way. But you're also giving up, by dressing up, um, the whatever, you know, you're losing. But that's true of any choice you make, right? There's always consequences to every choice with, Mm -hmm. at least with cross-dressing. You can choose to dress up today. You can choose not to dress up any other day. But you can't choose to get rid of it completely. I mean, trust me, we've all tried. Um, Or is it... Whereas a person who is of the mindset that they want to transition both socially and maybe medically, that they want to go those routes. And I'm sure you feel this too, but there's like a little guilt that you're like, man, I don't have that. Like maybe I've thought about it. I'm sure you've thought about transitioning or had those thoughts. You might still have those ideas, which is totally cool and valid, but you know, we all don't know where we're going, but right. there is this like, fuck, like, you know, I'm sure you hear about these like trans people of color or these people in like certain areas who can't be themselves. And when they are, you know, they're harmed for it or they're killed by it because of the lack of knowledge or because of the discrimination that they have against them 
Whereas I feel like, and I still think it's true, if we are able to understand people and learn about them and realize they're not that different, you know, we we wouldn't have all this violence. But again, that's like a kumbaya kind of idea. <laughs> ideology. Right. Or, or back to what I was saying before, some of this boils down to something as simple and awful as some people are just afraid of being gay. Like, why? I It's just a societal thing. But, you know, uh, when... Unfortunately, when, pe- when sometimes uh, trans people are, are murdered, it's because they were misgendered and the, the, per- the murderer just can't deal with it and rather murder that person than come to terms with uh, not being exactly straight. Mm-hmm. The gay panic defense, which is actually right. a defense in at least 38 states or some bullshit amount. It's like, what? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree. I talked about that in the contentious case of Jennifer Laude in the Philippines, where she was a transgender woman murdered at the site of a U.S. Marine, which is, and his, uh, he got extradited to, the, uh, to America and he avoided true jail time. But yes, I agree. There is this thought of, or belief that you are gay, which is probably still kind of true. I mean, everybody, the Kinsey scale, you know, I think we've talked about this, which is like your, yeah. I don't know the what well, I forget what it measures, but whether or not you're gay, basically, <laughs> or your level of gayness is like the way I put right. it. But it's like nobody's truly straight, and even if you are truly straight, you're probably not, and that's okay. I mean, you're attracted to what you're attracted to. Like, it's nothing wrong with that. But people, I don't know. I, I would hope that I, that kind of thinking goes out the window because who cares? You like yeah, no, who cares? I, I think I, now we're getting into like big society issues but i I think i think we're we're getting there we've certainly made strides uh yeah it's just it's just silly like why yeah why does it matter if you're gay like it doesn't yes and speaking of gay (laughs) you want to talk a great transition yeah transition (laughs) to your stories that you were kind of mentioning on chat of how you ventured into the bathhouses of chicago you want to talk about yeah, that Carl? you aren't kidding you are not afraid um girl i'm gonna go in there <laughs> i'm going real in there so real we'll talk deep about that. <laughs> um yeah so ooh, left you with a cliffhanger yet again that was the end of part one stay tuned for next saturday where you'll hear viv's bathhouse adventures in part two of my curious conversations with viv and a whole lot more and finally, the miscellany. Yes! And that was part one of my Kiriyas conversations with Viv, a wonderful cross-dresser who spoke about a variety of things, although sometimes I felt I dominated the conversation a little bit too much. Sorry, my bad. I like preaching a little bit. But uh, one thing she did mention was the post-nut clarity part, and I wanted to relay that idea to the cross-yas listener, and honestly, the post-nut clarity thing, yeah, just honestly just bust a nut or go ejaculate because i don't know when you don't have sex in your mind i mean it's i don't know life just seems a little more clearer i know so next time you need you have a big decision go jerk off see if you feel better anyways i'll be back next week just been swamped here at home and also at work six straight nights of work will do that to you but next week i'll have my answer for last month's question of the month with some of your answers i'll also have other stuff for episode 100 which is happening next week crazy and yeah That's all I have to say. I'll have more stuff next week, I promise. Uh, But for this episode, that's pretty much it. I love you all so much. Again, wouldn't be here without you, the Cross Yas listeners. So thank you for your support. And until next time, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, 
You're gorgeous. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more. Thank you.